Welcome to the Hunter's Hub. And I had myself not on mute on Twitch, so that was really confusing. Um, is your host Ford on? Off Joined to a roaring start. <laughs> yeah. It always throws me off hearing my own voice. Believe it or not, the first episodes I ever did, I had a reverb where I actually always heard myself. Like, with a half second delay. Oh, dude. Working, working my job and... When the other person has the thing on speakerphone or whatever the hell it is they do, where I could hear my voice like at the same level as like I'm speaking but in my ear, it's it's horribly distracting and I cannot focus on those calls to save my life because mm-hmm. it's just so di- so jarring to hear your own voice just immediately parroted yeah. back into your ear. No, you're 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 right. Um, so sorry, I I skipped. Sasha, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Doing good. I'm okay. I got a decent amount of sleep. I'm ready to do this. Yeah, I think all my caffeine is kicking in. I'm almost through this giant cup of coffee. Yeah, we got a today is we got a nice just little a water nap after I finished up work. Okay. So you both of you had to work today. Mm-hmm. I also took a nap. Yep, My Saturday's kid's been on a Studio Ghibli kick, and I mm-hmm. passed on Totoro for the like fifth time this week. <laughs> hmm. I was subjected to a multi, like a lot of house moving castle by my uh, ex-wife. My husband she is desperate to watch that, and my daughter's like. Mm, no so it's uh <laughs> it's earwig and the witch uh totoro and uh spirited away which she calls mom and dad turn into piggies <laughs> yeah prin- princess wow. princess mononoke uh grave of the fireflies and spirited away are probably my top three i can't stand ponyo Ponyo freaks me the hell out. Her fish eyes, I just can't do it. I haven't watched that one yet. We haven't been blessed with moving beyond Earwig every day. Oh, so speaking of which, so we had uh, another rough week at the atomic plant to begin with, um, which is done for now. Every time time you bring up the atomic plant, I just picture Homer Simpson. No, it's worse. (laughs) I, see, see, because of the worse. HBO show, I just picture Chernobyl. <laughs> no, it, it's not like okay. I, I don't want to get into like because it is it is a government facility, but like I don't want to get into details of what they do there. But like, um, let's just say I am infuriated constantly while there of both the red tape and the incompetence added together. So. And I'm sure that people who have dealt with government jobs have usually dealt with the same thing. So, well, I it's... mean, that's that's kind of an ongoing theme here in the U.S. And mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, it led to a bridge collapsing in Pittsburgh. Ah, uh, yeah. Saw that. I mean. Uh, yeah, there's a famous one for the same reasons in Ohio that happened like, you know, maybe a hundred years ago now, but I have yet to confirm it. Uh, but I saw a post alleging that, 
uh, funds that were go t- supposed to go towards bridge repair went to uh, the police force there instead. Okay. I have yet oh, we should have done a fill in the blank game. I bet confirming we it, but I mean, based on how funding usually goes, I wouldn't throw that too far outside the realm of possibility. At least it didn't go to like I don't know the fundraiser's pocket, which is what would normally happen. Like th- I think that's the worst option. Like just getting pocketed by people. Going to the police yes. force, okay, yeah, I would not say that's not the what they were intending choice. to do. I'm not. I'm not with you on that opinion. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not anti blue. Um. No, I'm not anti blue either. I'm anti them having military weapons and armaments like sure they don't I guess. need all this excessive stuff and they don't need to be a, an insurgent you... force when people are just fucking protest protesting things but we okay, don't need to get but... into that <laughs> i was like my point is has that happened in pittsburgh i don't uh, think so not that i've seen but like we don't do we okay. don't need to start <laughs> and police we're, get, we're getting rough today US folks have been military some coffee y'all chat that out <laughs> um it's not like we're not touching on a hot button issue today or anything anyways like i don't well it's hot button for some people not us but it's, um, it's okay i don't understand we... it just just by the simple context of i'm a gamer i just don't understand Sure, yeah. And if you're you're up on uh, gaming news, you'll you'll understand exactly what Ace is talking about, which I didn't understand until noon today <laughs> or whatever time that was. <laughs> um so Ace, welcome. Uh everything going well with you? Yeah, we're uh watching our friends We're not through friends the dog Charlie. <laughs> the uh barking Sheba, but he is uh laying down for you do a lot of dog sitting like (laughs) yeah for family for friends and well yeah and yesterday uh we got to uh watch the new puppies while andrea's mom was out shopping and i got to have a nice Mm. uh nice little nap with them yesterday too so i just had two two fuzzy puppies like (laughs) basically in each arm and we were just snoozing so it was just two of them. I just mm-hmm. imagine like a litter of like six puppies just all over you while you're sleeping, like a dog living blanket. I would love I that mean, too. I would, I would prefer that, but they only got two. Well, they got two last time as well, but uh, one of them had to get put down. So they have three dogs yeah, yeah. that they are living with now. Yeah, I've had, to, I've had to put down a dog. Yeah, it's not fun. Um, so this is the Hunter Tub, a video game podcast born of the Monster Hunter community, and we talk about video games and stuff in a long form discussion. And today, uh, we are talking about NFTs and uh, cooperative and competitive games. Now, we're talking about NFTs because Ubisoft decided to make some inflammatory statements today, uh, specifically, uh, Ubisoft CEO, I believe. Um, for now <laughs> for now <laughs> um uh, and then uh we're going to get into a a more traditional topic for us which is you know favorite games and games that maybe you haven't played or 
no surprise on on some of these for for me. I mean, if people people are gonna be like, guess Fort One's favorite cooperative games, and they're gonna like facepalm if they don't know them, because <laughs> I talk about two of them constantly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we're only doing two of each category, so about four games each, which is only one less than normally what we would do something on the show. So, but. It's a little less because the NFT discussion. I do want to say, though, um, doing the crown hunting stuff, I have some updates. Uh, I was very frustrated with Valstrax because Valstrax was a bitch to pin down. Like, it was not fun. I did, I think it was 113 Valstrax. And for most monsters, that's a 15-minute fight. For Valstrax... Getting it in 15 minutes means I did extremely well. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a speedrunner. I'm not, like, time attacker. I am not I am not on the level in which I will perfectly execute every hunt. It is just not the way I play. Um, so, Valstrax being, without being, you know, an apex, uh, is the toughest monster in the game to, to explain to you, uh, Sasha. So... This is been a rough road. Basically, and just imagine if they took like an F fifteen and merged it with the dragon. That's basically yes. what a Valstrax yeah. is. It's a jet dragon. Uh, it combines. It sucks air into its chest vents and combines that with dragon element to create to shoot propulsion. itself across the sky. <laughs> um, yeah. In many cases, you will simply be trudging along and. A notification will pop up on your screen saying ambush. And that's when all hell breaks loose because it'll just randomly, at times, just come in and barrage you. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it can clear clear vast spaces in like half a second because of how how fast it is. Uh, It can can also use its wings with the the energy to hover and stuff like that too. And it can shoot them out as blasts and stuff like that. So it's a very agile, fast, and hard-hitting monster. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> I like the fight. The problem is, so, you know, I talked about this quest cycling thing where, you know, the randomization tends towards small and a large on different quests. Well, Valstrax does this, but the problem is um, Valstrax can an A appear in every map, so you have to check every uh, single um, expedition. So every single expedition map. So you have five quests you have to check there. And it has two quests, one in which is a static quest, which always appears in the in the volcano with a uh, rock and a kadaki. And it has, well, okay, it has three standard quests. I forgot. They're differently named. But... It doesn't matter because it's like the evil star from beyond and then something else like the Crimson Shadow or something like that is mm-hmm. the other two quests. Both quests occupy the same slot. So they randomly rotate between each other. Mm-hmm. And both quests can be in all five areas. So what it ends up being is it is randomly going to be one of those ten quests that count so it's like so when you're quest cycling and trying to find the smallest and the largest one, 
you don't have access to all 10. You have access to one of the 10 at random one at a time. Mm-hmm. And you can't, um, because the way Monster Hunter works, you can't just go in and like what most people do, abandon if it's too, if you're like, oh, that's not big, that's too big or too small or whatever, whatever you're looking for. You can kind of eyeball it after you know how to measure it and just say, this isn't worth it, move on to the next quest. You can't do that. You have to cycle the quest by completing a quest at the very least. I guess you could quit out and do a quicker quest, but you might as well just kill it to get the practice in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not saving you that much time. So I ended up doing 113 of these because you can't quest cycle this monster effectively. You just can't. Um, so I was just hoping for luck of the draw one time to find a small one at 3%. And I will say at 3%, 113 is not hitting 3%. Um, this has happened for a lot of monsters. <laughs> Now, of course, it's not outside of Six Sigma, if you know your mathematics and statistics, <laughs> but what? Um, so sorry, I just said Twitter up. Um, is this post, uh, wants to know what the weak point of a mech is? I don't know if you can see it, but it's fucking... <laughs> it's Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> just... Killing Ratatouille in the uh, hat. <laughs> I don't know why that got me. Okay. So, so yeah, Valstrax was particularly difficult to to get, and mm. it took me the better part of the week, which was a frustrating work week too. So I'd get like three or four hunts in, and I'm like, I'm too tired. I'm exhausted from work being idiotic and dumb, and mm. I hate it. And and I just. I finally got it done. I think it was last night. Yeah. Last night I finally got it done. And um, I did like a little dance and it cracked my girl up because she was up to past her bedtime. Because like she has a thing. If she gets up past her bedtime, I'll let her stay up for a little bit. Um, but she is not allowed to do whatever she wants. She has to be do like sitting and talking with me in some way and not like playing a game or anything mm-hmm. or, or we're doing what daddy was doing already. Cause I am not sacrificing daddy's time <laughs> because <laughs> you can't go to bed. Uh, so I did this little dance. I was like, I did it. I did it. I did it. Did it. And I was going like nuts and like pulling my hair out. And she was like, daddy, stop. You're going to lose your hair. It was hilarious. <laughs> She's just, <laughs> um, and I, I just, Oh man, I was so relieved to get that. And then immediately, immediately, I got the small Arzurus. Just like the next quest. The Apex Arzurus was the next monster. Got the small one. I was like, wow, the quest cycling stuff works. I just went into a quest. It was small. Good. Done. Right? Then uh, all of the Apexes, aside from Zenogre at this point, have a special quest that has a guaranteed hundred uh, guaranteed large crown. Mm-hmm. The only problem is they're ridiculously difficult. They're tuned up. Yeah. So not only are the Apexes already the most difficult versions of a monster, but they tuned up these quests specifically. Um, and I took me three attempts, but I finished the quest. It wasn't it wasn't finding the, the crown monster. It was defeating the quest that was the challenge there. And I did it. So I got that, and then... Um, immediately moved on to Rathian today, and on my first attempt on 
trying to find the small crown Rathian without doing the giant one, I found a giant Rathian, which can also happen. So I will not have to do the Apex Emergency super hard for Rathian. Mm-hmm. Just have to find a small one. So here we are. Now we're crown hunting for small Apex Rathian. But that means because Arzus is done, it put it down to 10 crowns and the Rathian being big, I am now down to nine crowns and um, three of the remaining ones can be a guarantee if I need it to be. Well, I'd say you're on good track to beat it before Sunbreak comes out. Yes, for sure. I'd hoped to done it before Arceus, which came out yesterday. Um, that did not happen. Um, so it seems like I'm the only one here that picked up Arceus, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I will say this, because I don't want to say too much for the, the audience's sake, because it is our next Bickering Bucks game. We just did uh, and finished Jurassic World Evolution 2, uh, and we are all going to talk about Arceus on the next show. Um, it is way different for Pokemon. Like, it is... I mean... Just from just from videos that Way I've seen, different. they make a lot of the Pokemon intimidating, where they like aggro and try to chase you down and shit like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I had a what's the what's the evolution of Buzzle? That's the otter with two tails. Uh, I don't know. I know what you're talking Got like about. A, the weasel yeah, thing, it's got like, the weasel water weasel. Yeah, yeah. So the evolution of that nearly killed me. And we're not talking about like my Pokemon. We're talking about my trainer. Mm. Nearly killed my trainer. Because <laughs> um, they will attack you and not your Pokemon if you don't throw out a Pokemon. So mm-hmm. it's very different. It's It feels... Um, it feels a lot closer to something like I may have wanted as a kid watching the anime where they were just like, they found a Bulbasaur now chuck a Pokeball at it and see if it works. Cause you can just do that. You can just chuck a Pokeball at something mm-hmm. and if, see if it catches. Um, it's been cool though. I've not really seen a lot of exciting Pokemon. I've not seen one that I'm just like, yeah. And I am kind of doing the bug trainer cham thing. Not, entirely but because of the nature of the game i am not going to be doing it full i am using a starter Mm -hmm. i am not using a bug to replace a starter because the game is very difficult in in comparison to like battle (laughs) stuff so yeah i am not i am not doing that i do however have most of a bug team uh four bugs nice so I am working on it. So yeah, so that's that's all the front stuff out of the way <laughs> that I had. You've been working on anything Ace lately to talk uh, about? Or? Well, I finished up Far Cry Six and I started uh, Jedi Fallen Order finally. So oh, that was a good one. through that. I'm still getting. Did used you to listen the... to the bickering bucks on that one? Um, I don't think I did. No. Maybe. The episode, if if you want to, I suggest. Don't listen to it until you finish the game. Um, but um, the episode for that one's called Run, Vader, Run. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. 
or run it's vader run yeah well yeah i've seen um, i've i'm pretty sure i've seen the play th- like playthroughs of it where you have to run from vader at the end and there's no possibility of like actually fighting him or anything which kind of sucks but yeah whatever I don't. I don't know. I, I think it's pretty canon to have the most powerful force user in the universe just show up and be like, "All right, peace." <laughs> <laughs> um, so Sasha, have you got a lot of gaming in this week, or has it been mostly work? It's been mostly work. Um, the little bit I did play was just Mass Effect. Fair. I mean, still doing. You said you finished Andromeda. So which one is this? Um, I've been playing the Legendary Like Edition remastered so oh, i've been playing right. mass effect one um i'm through I'm about maybe like 60 percent through the game okay okay yeah but i have a lot more time to play because assessment season is over so i'm thinking i'm probably going to beat it this weekend and move on to something else okay good chance Sounded it'd be good. mass effect two yeah okay i mean just jump right into it it continues the story from where you left off as far as i understand yeah yeah but you do have as you mentioned doki doki literature club i do have that i did get a couple of games on my switch um but i haven't haven't started any of them i've played like 20 minutes of witchwood and i got doki doki Mm -hmm. literature club Okay, well, you have to tell us about that when you when you get through it, because we don't want to spoil it for you. I'll let you know. <laughs> just just do oh, live yeah. live updates. Oh, everything's so key. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so with the NFT debate, uh, which isn't really a debate discussion. Oh, uh, I sure. Yeah, uh, discussion, which, um, so we're, we're semi-aware of what NFTs are because it seems like there's such a hot topic on Twitter and social media at times, even though they feel incredibly dumb to me, uh, but, uh, was it Ubisoft, Ubisoft CEO? I, I have to find the article. Apparently executives is what being listed okay so several people at the top Uh, okay i got ubisoft exe and then google was like ubisoft defends exec defends nfts oh my god non-fungible tokens oh my gosh okay so we, we kind of get what these are. These are like proprietary images, essentially. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, or I'm not missing something. Apparently also going to be items in the game. So like, essentially what you would get in a loot crate. Or just through natural progression of the games. Hmm. Oh boy. So uh Oh no. In so, reading this article, Sega is registered for a trademark for Sega NFT NFT as well. Nice. Oh no. Well they better have some 
some good-ass pictures of Sonic, then. Yeah, like, make it just doesn't make while. sense. Like, I, th- I think I mentioned this last time we, we talked about this. Like, I paid money for the logo for Hunter's Hub for an artist to do it, but it wasn't, like, some super agreement, right? Like, because I yeah. wasn't as confident in my art, and it's not like this the 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 hunter's hub logo is some sort of like thing that we have to protect against all costs yeah let me <laughs> let me read the statement from uh nicholas puard puard mm-hmm. the uh vp at ubisoft's uh, strategic innovations lab uh i think gamers don't get what a digital secondary market can bring to them for now, because of the current situation and context of NFTs, gamers really believe it's first destroying the planet and second, just a tool for speculation. But what we at Ubisoft are seeing first is the end game. The end game is about giving players the opportunity to resell their items once they're finished with them or if they're finished playing the game itself. So it's really for them. It's really beneficial, but they don't get it for now. Also, this is a part of a paradigm shift in gaming. Moving from one economic system to another is not easy to handle. There is a lot of habits you need to go against and a lot of your ingrained mindset you have to shift. It takes time. We know that. So, I hear that and all that I picture is like my very limited experience with Elder Scrolls Online and this thing that they throw Mm -hmm. in your face of buy these like different kind of currency that you have to spend your real money for to buy in-game items that are just cosmetic in nature. And then it sounds like NFTs are going to allow you to then decide you when you're done playing, I'm going to resell this cosmetic shit back to other people while the bigger company gets to make money off of this like fake token economy that it has put in place. Mhm. Mhm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. See, and this is this is why we had something else to talk about today with it because I think we all just agree this is stupid and it sucks. Like. Yeah. To me, it, I it don't... sounds it sounds similar to like all the uh, mobile game and hot gaming stuff, where like you know the kid gets their parents' credit card and buys the shit that they want, and then. Their, their yeah. parent has lost a couple hundred dollars. Then so, they would say that with this NFT economy that you would just resell it instead of being stuck with your kid's shitty purchase. Mm-hmm. Which, which you is know, really, really, really shitty to uh, pass the responsibility off to the consumer when, you know the mm-hmm. company should be responsible at that point and accepting of like removing that from the game and refunding the customer. Yeah. Well, um there's also another layer to this, right? Mm-hmm. This only works one way, like this model that they're talking about. And that's that the that it's scarce scarcity then mm-hmm. you actually drive a secondary market 
Yeah. Right. Which, which like, as we talked about with, uh, I think, what you said, Diablo, they had uh, a black market. Where, Real money auction hats. Yeah, where people were. Yeah. Diablo three used to have the dollars. Yeah, Diablo three used to have a real money auction house attached to it. Diablo two still has a black market, um, where you are getting, you are buying characters, the most rare items. You're getting, you're paying real money. I mean, like, what was the big thing? And wow, botters, right? Botters, like Chinese gold farmers, is is was was one of the 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 issues, like. Mm-hmm. And before Lich King expansion, where you could just like rapid level a Death Knight, and then everything after that had the like rapid level, people were buying completed mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. Buying an account. So this is what the secondary market is currently in video games. And it's not necessarily the most positive experience that we have. Um,. I don't think NFTs are going to change that. See, the only thing comparable to an NFT when you talk about scarcity is something like what Nintendo does when it's like, hey, you can buy this game digitally up until November and it's gone forever. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, what happened to Scott Pilgrim for a long time, which has now been rectified, is it just wasn't available, period. It was a digital-only game, and if you happen to have it on your PS3 still downloaded because they took it off the store that ps3 was worth hundreds of dollars because for game collectors that was the only way to get it at that point um right or like the only or like downloads of like pt yeah pt is the same way yes um the so like you create the only way this works is they create an artificial scarcity of a digital product which also isn't great no one has liked that like so like why would you buy because like if you could just buy it yourself why would you buy it from a user right like Mm -hmm. why would you have that level of i don't know distrust just from buying it from your system oh that's right because it's not available because it's unique to this user or whatever or, or whatever they did and like it's just a garbage fire. Like the whole idea. <laughs> yeah, and like it's like layer of layer of bad. And like it being a secondary marketplace, are they going to be like the uh the house? Are they going to be, you know, skimming a certain percentage off the top of like every single sale and taking money? Oh like, yeah. That's what the Diablo three auction house did too. They mm-hmm. made money on that. There was an actual it would come up as a blizzard fee. You'd sell it for like, and granted, there was a max, which I is insane that people were buying these, but you were buying items at $250, real money, $250. And Blizzard was taking like, I think it's 10% of that. Right. And this is so like, like all digital stuff and it's fucking ridiculous. Like, right. unless if you are. And that's why unless, they took it out. <laughs> right. Like, unless if you're going to like tie a real world experience to this like you get to go and visit the company and you get like a a loot package from them and shit like that like i don't understand why this whole nft thing has to a be in existence already and then c have to bleed into the gaming community because it's 
from every sign that we've seen so far, it's all just been like a pump and dump scheme. Like, even recently they had Gwyneth Paltrow join into some NFT group. And it's, and she has like a fucking dumbass, one of those dumbass ape avatar NFTs. And I'm like, why? What, what possible value does this already add to your image? I mean, you've got Goop on as your own company, and that's already gained you some notoriety, both good and bad for the products that it sells. Why, why do you need to add NFTs to that? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's also like e- even the cryptocurrency stuff too. Like all of it. Like it's just mm-hmm. they've been like I don't know if you guys have noticed, but like cryptocurrency has been really pushed, like really pushed lately. And, oh, yeah. and I think the NFT stuff is part of it. Like we we're going to a movie theater. I hadn't been to one in a long time, and we went to see when well, we had to go see Spider Man right um, around New Year's and. Uh, you know, there's this Matt Damon walking across like a spaceship talking about how only the brave, you know, made it and only like the, and then it's a cryptocurrency commercial. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Are you like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a risk to go into cryptocurrency. I get it. But like, that doesn't make it a good idea because it's a risk. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a non-tangible thing. Like, right, and people are treating it like it's this crazy the next new big thing, big thing, and it's yeah, it's really just kind of pointless in my eyes. Like, it doesn't add any real world world value. Therefore, I would say it has really no meaning because if it's digital, it can go away. Yeah, that's like, that's. And this is, this is coming from us who, who live very digital lives, like, <laughs> at times. Like, mm-hmm. the whole podcast has always been digital, for me, at least. Like, I have never met anyone I have had on this show, aside from real-world people, like, real-world friends, and never met anyone in person. <laughs> and I still, you know, like, so digital only, I understand. <laughs> that is not a concept foreign to me. But, like... What digital only currency just doesn't work, you know? Like, I I had this problem with Minecraft. I I talked about this when I accidentally deleted it. Cece lost all of her mods, and there was no way to get it back. Mm-hmm. Nothing, no trace, because I didn't sign her up for a Microsoft account. Like, I've been here. I've done that. It's why I don't like Steam. This particular reason is because digital rights management digital only titles like i want to be able to say hey you fucked me over give me a copy of my game i'm owed one and for them not to be able to be like it's not on our records you don't own it like i don't want that like that's why i stay away from steam has it happened with steam not really not yet but i'm still fingers crossed on that one yeah yeah i don't trust it (laughs) i don't i don't trust valve (laughs) i just don't (laughs) um you know i don't know this is but again this is like 
preaching to the choir. All three three of us have been like, this is dumb. So <laughs> Yeah. It's weird. Like, Ubisoft, uh, you're not the greatest company in the world. Go fuck yourselves. Like Also, I'm kinda wondering, like, do they think that they have any games that are so great, like, that are gonna make them this huge amount of money? Like, I understand how Blizzard is making a shitload of money off of a, an in-game economy. Mm-hmm. But what is Ubisoft bringing to the table that's gonna like make people They're... invest in NFTs? Uh, they so they have Assassin's Creed, right? Assassin's Creed for a while was huge. Not anymore. Yeah, but isn't that uh... like it's all single player, isn't it? Like, well, I do believe. Isn't Rainbow Six under them, Ace? Am, am, I, am I not? Because it's Tom Maybe. Clancy, and they do, they own all the Tom Clancy stuff. Maybe. Um, uh, they also have uh, Far Cry. Far Cry. Right, yeah, but all, all I'm Tom hearing Clancy is stuff. is like games that you're an island of yourself while you're playing. Mm-hmm. So like, well, the what? Rainbow Six Siege stuff is multiplayer. I guess, but I gotta be honest, I don't hear people like losing their minds over Rainbow Six like they do over like Halo or Gears of War or no. any of the like mm-hmm. real popular for multiplayer bit, games. For like a year that was happening with Rainbow Six, it's still alive and well, but it's not like yeah, it's not to that level. You're right. It's it's not it's not ubiquitous yet, right? It's not like oh Ubisoft is creating some of the greatest series. <sighs> And, and they're in hot water for all sorts of things. They've been in hot water for sexual assault lawsuits well before Activision Blizzard ever came out with this. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I, why are you taking the front stage on anything, Ubisoft? You should be hiding in the shadows for the next two decades. Like, just make a game, get out. Like, <laughs> I will be you right back. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know where else to go on this. Like, it's pretty obvious that that this is just stupid and wrong and, and not okay. I just don't see a model where it actually ends up being beneficial for the players. Nope. Nope. I mean, yeah, they may want to buy it and people will probably buy it because people don't pay attention and they're like, oh, this cool thing. Oh wait, I can resell it now, but like as a concept, this is this is this isn't. But it doesn't help anything. So like the scarcity thing is what brings value to these like digital images, digital rights, mm-hmm. digital whatever you're selling with these NFTs. But I feel like there's other ways to add value or different ways for scarcity. So I'm thinking kind of like like what WoW does with seasonal events and making like specific parts of the game only accessible during certain times of the year or after you have re- achieved a certain um, armor rating, you can go in and do certain something. So, right. But you would still have to f- create value in it for your players to invest their money, their real money in that. And I just yeah. don't know what Ubisoft is bringing to the table 
that would make me <laughs> want to spend my money like that. I don't. I don't know what Ubisoft has brought to the table for me to buy any of their games to begin with the past 20, ten years. At least I did. Yeah, I don't. I never got into Assassin's oh. Creed. Far Cry's fun, but yeah, I'm not saying like they're all terrible games. I'm just saying it's not like it's not like you know, I, none of my favorite series are on Ubisoft. Like I, I, I was excited for For Honor. If you if you've seen that, that's that PvP, like knights, Vikings, and samurai fighting game. Um, that was I was really g- hyped about that until I got into the alpha, and I was like, "This game sucks." Aww. And it wasn't like it wasn't like um, it, it, it's it's a conceptual problem. Like it's a, and it's an outright conceptual problem with that game because. It's like one-on-one combat is really cool. Like attack, defend, block, dodge. Like it's very in-depth. You have stances. You have like all this stuff that is very intricate and and um, controlled. Like like feels like real like sword fighting or something. Like it, it it's real, real intricate, really cool. It's a three-on-three game. So the moment another teammate steps in, that intricacy is gone. Once you have to defend against two people, it's over. Like, unless you're, like, insanely good and can immediately switch back and forth between two two people. But essentially, you gang up on people, you overwhelm the other team, and you take the objective and you win. It ends up being an execution, like not the nuance that they were going for at all. <laughs> and that's why, in my opinion, that game is not ubiquitous like and all the other games they tried to do. Well, that's unfortunate. Sounds like you wouldn't spend any money for some NFTs in For Honor. Nope. Nope, I wouldn't. I, would, I mean, I wouldn't spend money on NFTs in any game, even... Even if it was like something like Monster Hunter, I'd be like, nope, sorry, not doing it. <laughs> I don't care. I don't even I don't even buy some of the DLC stuff I like in Monster Hunter. Like why would I do that in you know and it's like stupid stuff. Like I bought like a dance on Monster Hunter World for like a dollar. Like a dance emote. Because it was it was disco. It was hilarious. But <laughs> I feel like it's all just going to turn into a bunch of just trash. Like you have to, you can either play the game for 500 hours with random like loot drops to get the things you want, or you can buy it from somebody. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then that's the way, I mean, that's what got, that's what's what loot boxes got EA in hot water for. Um, it's just like, hey, Ubisoft is like, hey, let's do it differently. Same thing, but differently. And it's like, no, that doesn't that doesn't quite work. Maybe not do the thing that everyone hated. Like, just, just, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Maybe well, try making them, better games. If we just understood, we wouldn't hate it. And that's 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 great. Yeah, you just. Talk down to your consumer base. Yeah, that's that's 
that's what's going to sell your game. Yeah, that really makes me want to open my wallet. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a stupid plebeian who doesn't understand. Please take my money. (laughs) Please take my money and help me understand, almighty Ubisoft executive. Um, so, anything else to add on that, Ace? I mean, nah, I think we pretty much covered it. It just seems like, it just seems like a newly skinned and not named loot box, as we sort of mentioned just there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we. I cannot believe that we spent forty-five minutes on this. I am. I am surprised. <laughs> hey, when, so like, when something is stupid and doesn't make sense to bring into an already successful market, I mean, you can go on about yeah. it for hours. So, um, how do we want to handle this? Because we're doing two games in two different categories each. So, which category do we want to go with first? I don't know, but let me go last because one of my games counts for both because of different game modes. Ah, interesting. So, I would just like segue, like be person number three and then person number one in the next rotation. Okay, I like it. That's cool. See, I've got two games that I would contest technically fall under both categories, so. So you only got two games at all, Ace? I mean, I can listen to your guys' choices and go off of that, too, and assist I had a backup game because my game counts for both, so I I do have four games written down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's stop. Start with cooperative, and and, and I'll start us out since uh, apparently I have the most because <laughs> I listed two each, um, and it's no surprise. We're gonna have cooperative games. Our favorite cooperative games to play with somebody, whether that's couch co-op or cooperative online, or whatever. And there's a reason why Sasha's getting up because uh, number one answer for me, is always going to be Monster Hunter. Mm -hmm. It is the best cooperative game, period. Hands down. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably played Monster Hunter. And you probably understand how it's a cooperative game. You team up together to take down a monster. Now you each get individual loot, but you do complete something together. Uh, And there is no competitiveness in it. uh, Aside from whatever we make ourselves like I was you know if say, you're competing uh, with people for time attacks if you're competing with people for how many times you've knocked them up in the air over the quest like ace and i um if you're competing for like my brother and i do how much rare items we got more than the other so that's like where we're crown hunting we'll do things like who got more gems you mm-hmm. know or that kind of thing um that was like when we were first crown hunting in Rise, that was a big thing for us to be like, oh man, John's got like five gems today and Cham got three. Chance's winning today. Like, mm-hmm. there is not a competitive bone in this game's body. It is full on cooperation, jolly cooperation, if you're familiar with Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, our uh, 
our upswing battle war forever rages on. Yes, it does. Um, so, Sasha, as you can hardly, hardly guess, my first cooperative game is Monster Hunter. <laughs> um, I, I had an idea that that was coming up tonight. I was playing it before the show, working on crown hunting, like I was talking about. Like, I've been playing this game since 2004. Um, obviously, not con- constantly, but you know, every game of the series complete. You know, play it to completion of my what I consider completion at the time. Um, and uh, yeah, go on. Like, I think World was the first one I did a hundred percent completion. And then Iceborne. And then Rise will be the second. And then Sunbreak will probably be the fourth. I have never actually 100% completed any Monster Hunter game. But it's cooperation. Like, you are... Four hunters go into a hunt, and no monsters come out. <laughs> like, like, there's nothing, you know, like, everything is done together. You share faints. Like, you only get three faints, and they're shared across your whole team. It is a team game. Mm-hmm. There is no there is no incentive to do something over someone else other than you know small comp- competitiveness between each other on nothingness. Uh <laughs> World had these things that were like, "Hey, that guy's the part breaker cuz he broke the most parts," which Ace stole from me all the time and I was very angry about. Um, cause I'm the part breaker. I like to break parts. That's me. That's what I've always done in the game. Why does Ace get to do it now? Why is he the part breaker? But that's it. Like, like it's just like a little tag at the end of the quest. It means nothing. You get no points or anything for it. It's just like a little dink. You were this dink. You were this like a little, a little golf clap for the achievements you made during the hunt. Like that's all those ever were. So yeah, I mean, Monster Hunter, for me, is number one. Like, I I don't think I need to elaborate more on my favorite series, which started this podcast, which most people who listen to are extremely aware of this <laughs> series. Mm-hmm. So, um, Ace, I guess the cooperative side of whatever game that you have, and then we'll just talk about the competitive side of the game when it's on competitive time. Mm-hmm. So, that first one would be uh, Rocket League, for obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. Because you play on I a see, team I with see your, why. your jet-powered explosive cars to try and make goals. I I told you, this is one of the, the platinum trophies I have mm-hmm. on PlayStation. Yeah, I, my, I found out that. 11. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not very hard. You only have to do like a certain amount of goals. And like when you get it, when you get the Platinum Trophy, which is, you know, the, it's supposed to be Xbox equivalent to 100%, you get like 30% of the trophies getting the Platinum. It's like really easy. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now. At the yeah. time, it was 100%. I just have to play but... it more, basically. I've gotten like a handful it's fun. of the trophies. Have you played Rocket League, Sasha? Soccer cars? No. I mean, the car part I'd be into, but I'm not really into soccer, so I never... You can you can customize your car with a bunch of shit. You can put a sombrero on it. You can put, like, a fucking Rick and Morty 
accessories and stuff. You okay, so how the, do you uh, feel if they NFT Rocket League? I mean, that they kind of be... already do. Yeah. They kind of already do. It's, like, I mean, it's loot like, boxes out that, the wazoo. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it'd basically just be the same thing, except with exclusive things. Or when you're all done, yeah, you can and... sell it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess technically you could if you sold your PSN or Xbox gamer tag to someone. But you really shouldn't. <laughs> no. I mean, that'd, Unless you... that'd be a, so much waste. Like It would. How many thousands of hours I've put I'm not that giving shit. up my 11 platinum trophies for 50 bucks. No way. Well, I earned those. To get my tag, you'd get my Microsoft library. So, get my games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. I mean, I have some digital games through PlayStation as well that, that, would, that would go. I don't have near as many as, like, let's say Nintendo. <laughs> but... I've had my Microsoft account, I think, for like 13 years. So that's a shitload of games. It's going to be more than 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. I mean, same here. I didn't think of it that way, but I don't buy a lot digitally. I don't, I tend not to. So, but the Switch broke me of that. The Switch, I buy all sorts of things digitally just because of the availability of stuff. Mm-hmm. For instance, today there was a deal on the Switch that Burnout Paradise was ten dollars. I was like, "All right, I'll finally pull the trigger on that game." I loved all the other Burnouts. Never played Paradise, mm-hmm. so Which I do believe that came up in the quiz, didn't it? Wasn't wasn't yeah. it one of the answers in the quiz? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, which by the way, that's next week, folks. Mm-hmm. Also, you ready, the uh, 200th episode. <laughs> yeah, and it's also our 200th episode. Yeah. Which is, which I was thinking about because uh, Horror Virgin is their 200th anniversary this past week, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they got started a lot later than I did, but they've also been a lot more consistent as... <laughs> I don't think they have missed a week yet. Yeah. So. Well, it would help if people didn't fuck up their recordings sometimes, you know. But we won't go into that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I never I never really have addressed this, but it might be maddening to listeners to, to not have episode 11 if they're going through the backlog. Because episode 11 doesn't exist. It never got released. It was recorded. It never got released. So if you're looking through our backlog, you'll see episode 10, episode 12. You won't see 11 because it never never happened. There was a time, and I'm not going to get into names or specifics, but you can just by easily researching who was on the pod at the time. Um, But uh, we used to do editing duties, switch off between me and the co-host at that time. He just didn't do episode 11. And then he told me he was going to. So we went ahead and recorded and published 12, which was mine. And then when he still didn't do 11 and then he left the podcast and didn't give me episode 11, 
I just moved on. And Eleven just died. So, I don't even remember what it was about. Like, it's... <laughs> nice. This was 2017, maybe? Maybe 2018? Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, I just got Burnout Paradise, digital stuff. So, Rocket League. I also have to say, Sasha, if you don't like soccer, it also has hockey and basketball modes. It does. Not selling plus, it to me. <laughs> plus, as as Fortuan found out, it has mutator settings where you can absolutely fuck up and make the ball just ridiculous. You can set the thing to low gravity. Not... You can make the ball tiny and then have it like super bouncy. So you will like very lightly tap it and it'll just fly across the arena. Yeah, I'm not I'm not into that. I was never into that. And he's <laughs> like, let's play these weird game modes. I'm like, I just want to play soccer cars, please. I just I just want to play good old vanilla soccer cars, okay? It was you funny know, because it's how, not because, because of how the physics program yes. eventually the ball just won't like bounce off at an angle anymore. It'll just go back and forth between the ceiling and the floor. Mm-hmm. And there were so many yep. instances in like the one Forever. or two games that we played where I would just sit there and watch Fortuan just, eh, damn it, eh, damn it, eh, damn it. <laughs> Try to hit it midair and just completely miss because it's like going at such a high velocity. Yeah, so the thing is, I'm actually kind of decent at this game. The problem is you mess with the physics and I suck <laughs> entirely. Like it just all of that learned experience just out the window. Gone by. Mm-hmm. Um so funny story about uh Rocket League for me. It was introduced to me by my friend Brian, who's on Bickering Bucks. And he introduced it to me like we stayed the night and then we left as a group for we had this this trip that we went on a camping trip with uh not really camping we rented like a cabin and hung out at a cabin and it was um actually the bickering bucks so me brian jacob and our and our respective wives at the time for my wife's and i uh was it sixth anniversary i think Mm -hmm. at the time um so we went to this cabin and beforehand he introduced me to rocket league and that's all we talked about pretty much the whole weekend like just rocket league uh not really but like we talked about it a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like that's so amazing because we're both big soccer fans i i in any real sport I'm, I'm i like soccer the most it's what i played as a kid and would have continued in high school if my high school had enough people to have a soccer team but basically I was too old for the city league and they didn't let me play for it anymore. So, mm-hmm. cause I wasn't good enough to be on what, what will they call it? The, the flag teams or whatever, the traveling teams. I just yeah. couldn't do it. So I still like the game though. Anyway, so rocket league cooperative. Yes. Cause you do need teammates. So I get you. Also I very, get you. very competitive. Yeah, 
yes, very competitive because there are three other teammates that aren't yours. <laughs> um, so Sasha, what did it, what is your first cooperative game? Um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Uh, I'm just going to combo one and two together because it's they're both co-op games. Uh, I played both of these as a local co-op with my brother. Um, okay. So we did. I think I we played both of them on 360. Um, but I like these ones. Uh, the second one I I prefer, even though um, I think the first one's story is a little bit better. But the second one really like polished the graphics, polished the multiplayer aspect. Um, yeah. But for people who watch the Marvel movies, Marvel Ultimate Alliance Two follows its Civil War, basically, mm. um, but goes a little bit more along the lines of the comic story rather than the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marvel Ultimate Alliance Two has some cool stuff added to it with. Um, If you're familiar with the comics and, you know, like certain teams, um, putting teams Mm -hmm. together gives you extra bonuses and then kind of putting not just teams, but characters together um, that have similar, similar powers also gave you extra bonuses. Like um, putting, I want to say like if you did the Incredible Hulk and Venom, um, the Thing and one other big guy you'd got like the big brawler bonus and d- extra damage for physical attacks or if you did like miss marvel and gene mm. gray you got extra power attack bonuses um so mm. i i liked it I, I liked it for the replayability as well and the trivia there's really cool trivia in there you know ace mm. i know how much you love trivia <laughs> throwing some shots today <laughs> 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 okay so yeah i've heard a lot of good things about the marvel ultimate alliance they've kind of had this series in one form or another for a long time because i played the original uh x-men legends on gamecube and it was kind of like the same thing just with x-men mm-hmm. now, they didn't have like a they had like some bonuses if like you had certain teams like um we had one where and i think it was four player because uh, like GameCube could do four player, but I do remember we played. I think we played as four. I just don't remember the fourth player. I just don't remember who they were. Because it was my brother and I and, the, and our, our friend at the time, um, Jeffrey, the uh, high school friend, and um, it might have been his little brother or just another friend of ours, and I just don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, the four of us, like one time we did like the, uh, like the cartoon team up. So like I was Cyclops, someone was Storm, someone was Jean Grey, and someone was, um, it's one of the other cartoon characters. Nightcrawler or something. Yeah. And it was like, it was like Saturday morning cartoons or something like that. And we got like extra damage. It like, it was cool. Um, but like, this was like a very earlier version of the, the multiple Marvel's ultimate Alliance stuff. So I'm sure it didn't have as many features and stuff, but it was basically just like a, a top down beat em up. That was, that was it. I feel like I played that one. We, 
my brother and I didn't get super into that. And that we also played, there was a Justice League one that we played on PlayStation 2 that mm. we did get really into that for a while. He played as Martian Manhunter. I remember that. Okay. All right. I just played yeah, whatever like, we needed. I like Cyclops for some reason. I don't I don't know. Everyone says he's not the best X-Men character, but he's the only one I like. I mean, so he's he's really not. Not what? He's really not the best. I mean, no, he's not, but that's what I liked. <laughs> Doesn't make him good. <laughs> I mean, just I don't know. Wolverine too often is the uh, go-to for people. I like Rogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rogue's fun. I mean, she's she's not. She, She's an interesting character, at least. I like Jean and Grey Ireland. as well. But yeah, no, I get it. Cyclops is just like the paladin of the group. I get it why people don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, we have to do it this way. It's the only right way. <laughs> yep, I know. I, um, oh hey. I didn't realize uh, we had someone in the chat. Awesome. Um, anyways, yeah. So, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Uh, so, you're just saying one and two together. Yeah. I mean, because I can't really decide which one I like better. I think mechanically, obviously, the second one is better. But I liked the storyline of the first one a lot better sure. than the second. Because I think the first one had a much more unique storyline to the game where the second one was like, we're going to pick up an already established storyline and put it into the game. Okay. Alright. Respectable. Um, so my uh, my next uh, cooperative game is also one that no one is going to bat an eye at and know that I like, which is Diablo. You work together, you get loot, you kill shit. It's not really that hard. There's not really... a Diablo 3 even more so than any of the other games. Um, didn't even have a PvP to speak of. It does. But it's like, hey, do you want to go fight each other for, for nothing in the arena and be entirely safe? Like, mm -hmm. nothing happened. No consequences whatsoever. Uh, there was that. But... Um, Diablo 1, Diablo 2, Diablo 3, all of them were meant to be online cooperative experiences to take down Diablo, the, the name of the title. Um, in Diablo 3 made steps even so far as to sort of, in a way, kind of revolutionize some of that uh, aspects of, a, a, you know, the Diablo clones or the AARPGs. And having instance loot instead of fighting over loot like other people do. Because that got competitive. Like, there, if you ever watch Carbot Animation, so there's, like, there's like super fights over, like, the, the loot dropping from a monster. Because they're all looking for the same thing. And think about WoW, right? Like, you played WoW. Like, people being, like, need, 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 need. Like, everyone needing for this, this thing. Um... Yeah, that didn't happen with Diablo. Diablo was just like, no, 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 no. Everyone's loot is their own. They they generate their own loot. They see their own loot, and you can't trade it. 
And that was what Diablo three did. But like, um, yeah, Diablo's always been a cooperative experience for the most part. I mean, it gives you bonuses for playing together. You get better loot, you get more gold and you get, well, the monsters get harder, but that just means you get better loot. So like, and that's the whole point is getting loot, right? <laughs> like that's what the Diablo game's about. It's you get loot, you get you can fight harder stuff. Like I have a theme of my favorite games. You get loot, you fight harder stuff. I mean, it's Monster Hunter, it's Diablo, it's not Doom, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, completely co- cooperative experience for since the inception of the series uh, in Diablo One. It was you know one of the Diablo one started the battle.net system. So, mm-hmm. so that they could play together and defeat Diablo and also steal people's items and dupe them. But you know, there's just, <laughs> that's a social thing. That's not the game. <laughs> um, obviously Sasha, you said you played a little bit of Diablo by yourself. Did you actually play with anybody or your brother? Or uh, something? No, my brother is not. He, I got him to get Diablo three, but I think we probably all played together for maybe maybe like an hour, and he's like, "Nope, this is not for me." Um, but I have I've played with my husband um, quite mm-hmm. a bit of it. I feel like it's it's less fun for me to play with other people because I always play as a demon hunter, and I feel like I'm just holding a button down and walking <laughs> through the game, so I'm like falling asleep. <laughs> even easier with people there's certain builds that especially when you're using uh i can't remember the name of it but the one where you're spinning around and shooting everything around you it's like a whirlwind for for an archer it's like you literally just spin and shoot everything Mm -hmm. um that that skill yes you can it feels like you can just fall asleep behind the wheel and just sort of go um I will say there are builds for Demon Hunter which are extremely more involved. There's the the so the, the problem with Diablo three is that it, the most of the like sort of like not even like way end game just like if you're going into higher tier content you end up going to have to use set bonuses. So like and they kind of pigeonhole you into certain builds. And the Marauder set is an actually interesting one. You set up those turrets. I'm, I'm sure you remember you set up turrets sometimes. Uh, it was all about dealing with the turrets. So you would actually be actively setting up turrets and then firing and dodging and stuff while you're focusing on getting the turrets down and what they can shoot. Because basically, the idea is your your turrets are shooting your, your special attacks. So, as well as you are. So you're basically all just sort of like setting up a defense and then just like cross-firing on everything and then moving up and setting up your defense and cross-fire. So like there are builds that aren't just hold button and go to sleep, but there are also hold button and go to sleep builds. So <laughs> so I've, I get it. I've pretty much only played hold button, fall asleep. And if I have another person playing with me i'm even less engaged because i feel like there's less for me to do yeah i mean that's that's fair my brother and i have played hundreds possibly thousands of hours together on diablo 3 (laughs) we were both big diablo fans and we played together through diablo 2 and stuff we played together again on diablo 2 remake which i don't know i haven't talked about that because i'm not playing it but they 
Remember how they said they weren't changing things in Diablo 2 Remake and they were considering it? Um, they changed some things. Like, they had, like, I watched a two-hour synopsis of what they changed. Like, I was like, holy cow. I'm not playing it again, but I'm like, two hours to explain everything that happened. And they skimmed. They skimmed. Like, they have unequivocally altered Diablo 2. They added content. They rebalanced skills. They changed skills. Like, Mm -hmm. crazy thing. But yeah, Diablo, one of my favorite cooperative games. Uh, Again, it's a big thing for me and my brother. Monster Hunter, obviously, is another thing for my my brother and I. But Monster Hunter has become a bigger thing with the podcast and the community and everything. But Diablo is mostly still just me and my brother. Like, I don't think I've had anyone from the show play with me on Diablo at all. But that's fine. Because I've already played a billion hours in it. And I don't... (laughs) It it hasn't really changed that much. (laughs) Especially Diablo 3. But hey, Diablo 4, maybe. And also, um, heck, what is it? Next week, Lost Ark, which is a a game in the same genre. And that is online. So... Uh, I mean, I just got asked today what server I'm going to be playing on, you know, from Discord. So probably be playing with some people with Lost Ark. So mm-hmm. excited for that. So Ace, what is your second cooperative slash competitive game? <laughs> uh, well, I thought of one that I have enjoyed in the past that was more so on the cooperative side. Uh, that would be uh, Super Mario 3D World. Oh, but but I can say that also does have competitive elements if you're trying to compete with each other to uh, get the highest score for each each run that you make and get like the all the stamps and stuff. Can can I just can I just have a second to 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 note that Super Mario World's just Mario Jazz soundtrack is freaking amazing. Like, have Mm -hmm. have you guys? just paid attention to this track like the, the the track list of this game like i love it mario music has always been really good but like making it jazz in this this game for some reason just it really clicked with me mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah go ahead Mar- sorry mario music katamari music love it um i i love it but like there's something extra putting jazz putting mario and jazz together it just works really well Mm-hmm. Yeah, three D three D world is always fun when you're just screwing around and trying to get get high scores over the other person, and then uh, there's times where you can fuck with people too by going through pipes before they're before they're ready, or like the second before they or get, get a star or something. Crowding like that. each other on jumps or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So did, how far did you get? Did you do like the super special world? It's like the last levels. Uh, I don't ever. Th- I don't ever think I got that far. But I mean, we've we've got the uh, re-release with Bowser's Fury. So at some point, I might go through and yeah. play it again. I've heard Bowser's Fury is just amazing. I've heard. I, it I have just... not seen anything about it, but I've heard that it's pretty good. Uh, and it completely changes how the game works. It turns it into like open worldish, mm-hmm. like it's like, hey, here's this like very segmented level design. Okay, for the expansion, open world, you're fine. 
Have mm-hmm. at it. Like, what? <laughs> Very different. <clears throat> so Super Mario 3D World? Yeah, World. So that's the one that's on Wii U, and then yeah, with Bowser's Fury. Yeah. I'll have to I'll have to share I'll share it in the music sharing on the Discord, but I have a remix of Bowser's Caravan from this song that I just love. I've I've had I've had this remix since the girls were small. I remember the girls mm-hmm. love this song, but they've heard it since they were babies, so <laughs> should <laughs> Might play be them, a little ingrained. Should play them the uh Katamari Damacy soundtrack next. I've got a couple of remixes of Katamari Damacy. That is um, that is we have to parade around the house when that is on. My husband has this really fun and when I say fun I mean really fucking annoying thing that he does when um he wants to tease me and he'll just go Na, 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 na. and then my kid and that's all he does and then my kid will be like oh, mom katamari and then i'm like i don't i don't want to play katamari <laughs> but now i have to play fucking katamari <laughs> what have you done yeah i get i get that but once um, in a while i get away with just loading the game up letting the song play and then turning the game off mm-hmm. once in a while once in a while I got you. Let me see. I'm pulling up. I'm going to find the names of these songs. I'll have to share them too. So I actually have some a lot of video game remixes that I like. I've talked about this before. But um, I've got two from Katamari Damacy. And I really like them. Well, not Damacy. One of them's from Damacy. Uh... Uh, and one of them's from Katamari Forever, the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, Tales from the Arctic Roundabouts is the name of the song. Tales from uh, Arctic Katamari Roundabouts is the the name of that one. And then uh, I can't. One of them is mixed with Kirby music, so it's like a remix of of Kirby and Katamari, which is really mm-hmm. cool. And then I'm pretty sure the Domacy one is Love Everlasting. And it is like someone who is, you know, the ending had like actual lyrics. It's a remix of that mm-hmm. with the lyrics and everything. It's 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 pretty cool. Um, I, don't know, I like it. I like the music. Katamari, Super Mario 3D World. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the one that, that I was talking about is called bowser's grand caravan these are all o- oc remix stuff too from the website it's so. too bad they never had like a uh multiplayer mode in katamari where you can uh play with another person and then you fight to try and get the biggest and roll up the other person first yeah like if you could get your katamari big enough fast enough mm-hmm. that would be fun okay all right so uh, Super Mario 3D World. I always want to say Land because that's the one that sold the three the 3DS. That was mm-hmm. the that was the ori- original 3DS seller. Yeah. So Super Mario 3D World. Um, okay. Uh, so Sasha, your second cooperative, and then tr- our transition into competitive. It's Left 4 Dead 2. Probably oh. not a surprise. Um, okay. 
So obviously the co-op I mean, part I'm, would be the campaign. Um, I'm still enjoying Back for Blood when I can. Same concept. See, that's why Left 4 Dead's on my list is that there's just something about Left 4 Dead that I, Back for Blood did not recapture that magic for me. I've already deleted it off of my, game, it's, my it's, hard drive. It's different. It's certainly different. Yeah, and I understand why. But I still enjoy it personally. But oh. I don't know. Left 4 Dead 2, uh, I think especially with the option to import all of the Left 4 Dead 1 campaigns in, you know, makes it like mm-hmm. the perfect game for me. Um, I yeah, also... Yeah, because you double the content. Yeah. Straight up. Um, yeah. I I don't really mind that it's repetitive, um, which is a rarity for me. I don't like to replay the same thing over and over again. Um, but... With Left 4 Dead 2, there's always that like added difficulty um, trying to get through, playing out in the hardest difficulty with your friends. Um, this is another local co-op for me with my brother. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I talked about this, I think, on the first episode I was on. Uh, I still have beef over him leaving me on top of the hospital and no mercy in Left 4 Dead 1. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the two of us, I got got a lot better at this game playing left 4 dead 2 playing that putting our time in there um and then i think i found like my deep love for it in the competitive parts of this game sure yeah so i'm just yeah. gonna that so did i so did i yeah. yeah um i like scavenger mode the most i don't okay. know why um I'm not so scavenger i'm mode not is... actually f- I never played two, so I'm not familiar with scavenger mode. Oh, so scavenger mode is where there's a generator and you need to find gas cans like littered throughout the map. And the gas cans are always in a fixed location. Um, So the more familiar you are with the map, the better you're going to be with that. Uh, But the flip side of that is the people playing the special infected also know where the gas cans are. So they're probably waiting for you there. Yeah, um, they're, they're, they're guarding them, yeah. And then there's, like, this additional difficulty in scavenger mode that if you pick up a gas can and you drop it, the special infected can destroy it. Hmm. So you uh, have so to a, be so very it's an careful. it's monster hunter. <laughs> so, like, uh, Left 4 Dead 2, they have, you remember the level where you have to fill up the, the car at the mall? Mm-hmm. So the... That is the scavenger level, um, and the gas cans are all through all the different level, like the floors of the mall that you probably wouldn't have even explored because you just take that elevator down to the first floor. So it opens all of that up mm. um, for scavenger mode, and then you have to decide if you're going to like run up to the individual floors and get a single gas can and bring it back down to the car, or if you're going to throw the gas cans over the side and risk the special effect of destroying them. <laughs> so uh and then the point is is you keep getting gas cans until the other team kills you um or you get all 15 gas cans or, or can you or can you have someone wow. hold on to the gas can and jump off over the side and then revive you will them? if you jump off the side then that's a thing where somebody has to save you because you are uh, hold like you'll break your legs and die so your person will just hold on to the side and somebody has to come lift you up or you oh. you're dead but but 
there are so like you know where there's like the little kiosk um Mm-hmm. you can jump from the second floor onto the roof of the kiosk and not break your legs. Mm. So, and then there's glass floors on the third floor and you can smash it with your gun and drop through down to the second floor. And then, so, you know, the more familiar you are with the level, the faster you are mm-hmm. at getting the gas cans in or the better you are at fucking with the other team because you know where all the gas cans right. are <laughs> and the path they're going to take. But Gotcha. So I like scavenger mode the most. Um, I think that's the one that also makes me and my brother the angriest, which is probably why I liked it the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're the most invested. Yeah, yeah, and I'm very, uh, I'm very competitive. So, but yeah, so that's my that's oh. my co-op slash competitive choice. Okay. Yeah. No, we we've we've learned about the competitive side with these quizzes. We have. <laughs> I don't think we've got the full brunt of the competitive side yet. It's probably going to be when I lose. We, it's going to be when I lose a game. <laughs> we have, I mean, we have if seen I had remembered Fallout Shelter, which I've played before, it would have potentially happened. It's true. It's true. That reminds me, I do need to find some tiebreaker stuff. I will probably get that hand handled beforehand. I actually have a, hopefully... Hopefully, lighter week this week, where I can focus on this and get some done during the week. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> I got nothing done with this week because, yeah, like I said, atomic plant stuff and then straight onto the water plant to fix their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, my first competitive game, uh, I'm going to, I had it in a different order, but I think I'm going to switch it up. Is this game? Uh, I'm not sure that it's on anything else, but I have it on Switch called Crawl, and it's basically a dungeon crawler, um, where you and your friends have to escape the dungeon. However, only one can escape. So, the game starts off with you, and like it's a it's the same screen like competitive uh you know four player free for all game and it could be two player if you like or three but four is the best this is essentially a party competitive game and um you play as a human and you have like a dagger and it's really really like we're talking like 8-bit graphics almost like it's super retro style but this game is fucked up. You start off, the four of you, around a campfire, and you have to kill each other to get out of the room. The three people who who died become ghosts. Those ghosts' goal is to kill you before you exit the dungeon. Now, the only way you can exit the dungeon is achieve level 10 by killing monsters and stuff. Uh, leveling up, reach level 10, go to the ritual chamber. And we're not talking like, oh, hey, you know, this lighthearted ritual, like pentagram, summon a demon, go to the, go to the boss, fight the boss and defeat the boss. And then if you defeat the boss, you win. There are three attempts at the boss. If the boss bests the human three times... Uh, the world ends, the boss rules, done. Interesting. The 
twist is that you want to be the human to get out. And this isn't decided in the first room. The first person's the human is the first room. The ghost that kills the human becomes the human. So ghosts can't interact directly. So you get to possess chairs and traps and stuff and try to kill the person. Now you would think, okay, this is pretty much how you got to do it. The biggest thing is there's the certain rooms that get locked up as soon as the human walks in and they summon in monsters and the monsters are controlled by the people. And at first they're pretty low level, you know, pretty easy to kill monsters like a slug that like creates a slime trail that hurts the human or like and they have like special moves and stuff or like this little tiny goblin dude that dies in like three hits, but he has like a little club and he baps the human and there's knockback and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, just mm-hmm. top down. No, well, 2d, right? So you're, you've got, it's really weird. It's not really top down, but it's like side. The characters are sideways. It's, you know, it's weird perspective, but, um, you go around these rooms and you're just trying to get through level up and kill the monsters that come up. And it's the easiest way to get experience. And the monsters are trying to kill you because of the monster that kills you, which is possessed by one of the, uh, um, other players, they get to become the human and there's weapon shops to upgrade weapons and that kind of stuff. Now the monsters level up between floors so every time you do enough rooms, you go down a floor and it's like a little intermission where the monsters and the humans level up. So the monsters level up and they get to, to upgrade their monsters and abilities um, and become stronger monsters. And there's usually a split choice. So like the slug can become like the slug mage or like the slug fighter or something like that. Um and every person has like three random monsters they can be depending and it just randomize it on the room and you upgrade the monsters through a path. There's a bit of a, like a successive play. Cause this is a party game. You play one match. You're like, Oh yeah, they won that match. Go in, play again, play, you know, it's meant to be played over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, when you select your character in the beginning, you're not selecting your human. You're selecting the dark God in which you worship. And the dark god in which you worship determines what monsters you have and some bonuses. Um, and it's actually a really cool, uh, interesting concept because, like, you unlock more gods, which unlock more monsters available and that kind of stuff uh, as you play through multiple times. So it's actually kind of like, even though it's competitive, right, in each match, as a group, you're unlocking more stuff to play against and kill each other with. Um, that's the kind of fun. Um, but, like, this game is brutal. It's fast. Like, it's hilarious at times. Um, my brother doesn't like it, um, but I do. So whenever we have people over and then enough people are interested, I'll be like, hey, you want to play Crawl? Like, hey. <laughs> and then Chauncey's like, I'm out. Everyone else can play. I'm out. I'll watch. Like, um, so, <laughs> I mean, I've got him to play a couple times. But it's really fun. Some of the bosses are really cool. Like, there's this one that is like an Aztec god that like uh, you have this guy who's in a robe, like a shaman mm-hmm. and he's in this room and he's like chanting to this like golden statue idol. And it's like, uh, just get this really big open mouth. And the, the guy cuts himself with a knife, 
pulls out his own beating heart and then slaps it on his head like a hat. And then it's like, he's like somehow like brought the statue to life with his ritual sacrifice of himself. But, and then he's sort of like the, the focus to kill, which is really weird. So like, um, you have to go hurt him enough and then he drops the heart and you beat up the heart. And once you beat up the heart enough, it dies. But between those stages, the ghosts, which are the other people, are possessing the different limbs of this giant golden statue. So, like, that are placed around the arena. So, like, they have hands that try to slap at you and they're, like, a sword arm is trying to cut you. So, like, you're trying to avoid all the ghosts controlling the different limbs of this boss. Um, there's one where it's a hydra. Literally every character, every ghost, the three other ghosts control the three heads of the Hydra and it just chases you around the arena while you're trying to kill it. Um, like there's, there's some other cool bot. There's like a Cthulhu like one. that's mm-hmm. like a swamp. Yeah. You know, like you're fighting it coming out of the water and stuff. Like it's a really cool, just like a fun party game that just like, you're just killing each other and it's just competitive. And I, I love it. I, I know it's on PC. I don't know what, uh, I don't know how you play it on PC unless there's an online mode really that well, unless everyone's sharing a keyboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I haven't played an online mode. I've only played an offline switch mode. So I don't even know if there's an online mode on switch. Uh, I think is this was intended to be a same screen competitive. Um, but I, I just love it for a party game. Um, and it's just really dark and funny to me. So there you go crawl it's got some cool narration to you mm-hmm. <laughs> um so ace you want to talk about some competitive side of stuff or just kind of call it because you both of yours were both no those were uh rocket league was one of my crossover ones mario i came mm-hmm. up with off the top of my head as i recall Oh, okay um First yeah, I guess Mario isn't really that competitive, yeah. Unless if you're going for fucking with each other and getting the high score. Yeah, that's uh, true, yeah. First game would the be crown. The Last of Us Online multiplayer. From okay. The first game. I never played that. Sure. Yeah, it was kind of like a slapped on. Not slapped uh, on, it I was, would say. It, it was pretty the, fledged out. It had, of... it has the impression of the era when they slapped on multiplayer on every single player game. Like uh, Uncharted, right? Like you remember those? Shock. Yeah, it. I would say it was a lot more developed. And okay, Call of Duty. It isn't just like the the run and gun type game because you will get fucked up and die if you do that. Um, sure. So it's got uh, three different game modes. Um, there's like a interrogation mode where you have to get. Uh, like four four bits of information by interrogating four enemy players to unlock their safe. Um, there's uh, survivors, which I think is the battle royale where your your team has twenty respawns. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's um, one other one I don't remember that where it's uh, you try to make it your team be the winner of four rounds each. Hmm. Uh, 
but they they integrate a lot of like the uh, crafting from the game too, and then uh, you have to work with your teammates to try and survive and help each other because like you get down first before you're killed. So if people are around to save you and help you, they can pick you up so that you don't die and your team doesn't lose that life. Hmm. Okay. All right. And is it all just humans or are there clickers or? Unfortunately, it is all just humans. I wish there was like a, they had included a mode where either the players get to, um, do that game with like the infected involved or had like a mode where the, um, the humans can play as infected or just a general mode where you sort of go through hordes and try to cooperatively, you know, take down the infected. But who knows? Maybe sure. apparently there's a uh, multiplayer in development for last of us part two. So, who knows? We might get something like that in that one. Should that actually be yeah. a thing and come out? I mean, their focus has always been the single player on those games, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. But that's what reminded me, because it's like Uncharted was the same way, but it had this weird... Um, actually, that's what uh, the Uncharted 2 multiplayer is what introduced me to Skrillex. I'd never heard of that them before mm-hmm. until... Which is like a, I don't know what you call it, electric? What do you call that? EDM, electric dance music. EDM? Yeah. Because uh, they had uh, I Want to Kill Everybody in the World, I guess is the name of the song, <laughs> set to the, was set to a uh, Uncharted 2 commercial for the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay, it's, and I listened to the song, I was like, okay, that's cool, but I liked it for like a week, and then I was done. Like, gosh that, that song got annoying quick <laughs> mm-hmm. um so yeah okay uh oh so uncharted multiplayer is it, do you know if it's still operating or did you you basically oh, played it at the time last of us multiplayer sorry <laughs> last of us i was stuck on uncharted because that's what i played yeah it is it is still up uh every now and then i pop back in and play a couple rounds I'm not wrong. It's the same people, right? Yeah, they're the same studio. It's but not different games. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Although they do, <laughs> they do reference Uncharted in both the uh, subsequent Last of Us games. Cool. Because they have the uh, Uncharted as a board game and multiple stores in Last of Us, and then they have uh, Uncharted as like the actual PS3 game games in a stack next to a ps3 in in last of us mm. part two okay speaking of which are you gonna see the movie the uncharted movie with spider-man in it maybe we'll see i might just also wait for it to come out on a streaming platform depending on uh situations you know gotcha all right um Last of Us. I almost said Uncharted again. Last of Us multiplayer. <laughs> cool. Um, so, uh, Sasha, what's your, what's your next competitive one? I'm going to say a PlayStation game. 
shot. Okay. Right. Um, I haven't played this in a long time, uh, but was I was thinking about competitive games that I really enjoyed. Initially, I was thinking about Crash Team Racing and like some of the different game modes, and one of them being the deathmatch mode. And I thought of, well, whenever I play that, I want to play a better version of deathmatch mode, which is Twisted Metal. Mm-hmm. So, ah. um, I. I I can definitely say that uh, I started playing Twisted Metal well before it was age appropriate for me to be playing Twisted Metal, um, but it is what it is. So I have memories of playing Twisted like the very first Twisted Metal on the original PlayStation, and Twisted Metal Two was a staple in my household with my dad and my brother in local co-op. And I just have memories Mm -hmm. of my dad, um, you know, he'd work all day and then he'd come home and he'd be tired and we'd be like, come on, just play with us, just play with us. And he'd go like park his car somewhere and hide and fall asleep while we're playing the rest, playing the game without him. Um, (laughs) And then Twisted Metal Black for PlayStation 2 was another one that we played a ton of. So that was I think that was the last one they did, too. I think so. Metal Black. I yeah. think so. So who was your go-to character, or did you just play a lot of them? Um, depended on the version of the game. Um, I liked to play Spectre in Twisted Metal 2. Mm. Um, my brother liked to play as Mr. Grimm. And then um, if you, I think once you unlocked Minion, Minion was always really fun because he had that like triple, like all mm-hmm. three of the missile blasts in one. It was like a homing yeah. missile and the fire missile and something else. But so playing as Minion was fun. And then uh, in black, I think Sweet Tooth was right off the bat a player uh, that you could play. You didn't have to unlock him. So I would play as mm-hmm. Sweet Tooth. Okay. I don't remember. Wasn't there a guy that was just in like a DeLorean like car? Just like a generic like 80s looking car yeah i think that's specter it was the blue car with the white stripe okay yeah that's what i normally played throughout oh and thumper thumper was awesome too he had the purple like 70s car yeah yes yeah my um two friends that i normally played this with we would we would play this didn't not a lot but we played a lot of number one and some black um I think we played Black on the Xbox, I think. I don't think it was an Xbox game. If it was, it could have been I just PlayStation play 2. It. If it it could have been PlayStation 2 as well, but this friend was the one known for having the Xbox. Um like so maybe maybe it was still PS2, but I just remember being at that that friend's house and um I think there was actually four of us when we were playing Black. But yeah, I always I always went with Spectre, and one of them always went with Mr. Grimm. But then another one was always Sweet Tooth. Like, that was his one. And then the fourth one, he was always just whatever. Like, he would just pick whatever. And so it was like a match of like these three people plus whatever else was there. Like, okay. All right. Twisted Metal. That's that's a series that could... could uh, could make a comeback. I would, I would love if they made a new Twisma. I would probably go get a PlayStation, a new PlayStation. I never really <laughs> thought of that as a PlayStation title, but I guess it might have been, huh? 
I don't remember playing it on Xbox at all. Um, I had a, my uncle gave me his old PlayStation 2 console and I remember playing it on PlayStation 2. So. Hmm. Okay. Alrighty. Twisted Metal. That's, that's a throwback for sure. Um, mine is a PlayStation exclusive. Um, maybe as well. Um, probably as well, I guess. Um, (laughs) and that is, I've talked about this game a couple times, uh, massive action game or short for mag. Um, this was my introduction to my friend Jacob, who's on bickering bucks. I'd never met him in person. Um, but we knew mutual friends in person. That's how we got to play this together. Um, and massive action game is a call of duty style. First person shooter. However, it is completely player driven. As in, there are no NPCs. It is only a M- multiplayer game, and you have it is squad based. So there are squads of six, I believe, or four. I can't re- quite remember. But they had squad leaders. And squad leaders had a special chat channel to talk to each other. Then that went to like a platoon leader, and then up and up and up and up and up. So much so that you had squads of the two squads of no it was eight eight player squads sorry because it was 16 versus 16 because it was two squads versus two squads in the first game mode then it was 32 versus 32 then it was 64 versus 64 then it was 128 versus 128 live mm-hmm. on the ps3 <laughs> <laughs> and for every level, there was a commander. So, like, you had, you were at, on the 128 versus 128, there was a general who was directing troops on all fronts. And it was actually really cool. And you could only become these things at certain level markers. So, like, you actually leveled up. Like, Call of Duty, you level up, too. But this one, you leveled up. And it was just showed experience more so than, like, experience with the game. It didn't really unlock. It unlocked a few guns, but not not much. It wasn't like the experience was like I'm going to get this gun, this gun, and this gun. And this is what Call of Duty does, and you know this attachment for this gun, this attachment for this gun. Now, this was more so about just experience with the game, and there was an actual chain of command. So like there would be like special like airstrikes and stuff that, like only the platoon leaders could call in, and like supply drops that only the squad leaders could call. And they would actually have different voice channels that you could flip to to communicate. And it was actually really cool um, in execution. Um, Brian, Jacob, and I, the three of us, were just constantly on this game for a good year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem was <laughs> the downfall of this game, and I've talked about this also several times, is the fact that you chose a faction. And the faction determined how accurate and how powerful your shots were. Now, unfortunately, if you're an experienced FPS player, accuracy is a thing of subjectivity. Power of bullets is not. So guess what? The faction who had the strongest power of bullets ended up winning most everything. Mm -hmm. It became... So then they would have, like... They had this living world map... It was based on actual matches and percentage of matches won by different factions. So, like, the different factions were, like, taking over the globe and stuff. 
It was like a live sort of situation. Um, Charlie. Which they could never necessarily take away your home base. Um, now, the idea of the factions was cool, but like... The fact that the Soviet Union one, or the the Russian one, or whatever they called it, it was basically China and Russia allied together was this group. And they had the worst weapons as far as, like, accuracy goes. Like, some of their weapons were just duct taped together. It was actually really cool showing how, like, like, you know, they were not the financial ones. They were not the top of the line. Mm-hmm. But they had the most power in their shots. So if you got shot with a sniper rifle by one of these guys, you're dead. Any of the other guys, it's two, sometimes three shots. So it's like, how how do you how do you stack up to that? If they're accurate enough, they're accurate enough, and they win. Um, you know, like, and then um, the North American group was sort of like the middle. So they had like a mid-range of both accuracy and power. And of course, I played on the European one, the Ravens. They had the high-tech stuff, but also the most accurate and the less powerful. So, not that we didn't win at times, but also it was a hard-fought battle against the, the Soviet Union troops every time. <laughs> um, but I love their game modes. Um, in Call of Duty, it's always this like, deathmatch done right like or, or, or some other like capture the flag or hard point or you know all these like various mm-hmm. fps staples this one was the only one that was just straight up deathmatch and you had reinforcements you'd re- respawn so many times i think uh well, like like some along the lines of what ace was talking about the uh 16 on 16 was just you have so many respawns. Once all the respawns are used and you've killed everybody, that side wins. Um, that's it. Uh, and then the next one was, oh, wow. It is. That looks like the Doge dog. Yeah. <laughs> is Shiba Inu. Uh, um, <laughs> um, the next one was you had to capture two point. You had to, there was A, B, and C. Hold A, B, and C the longest. That da da da. It's it's pretty simple. But then they're like the last one, the one twenty eight versus one twenty eight was like had to capture this point, and then you could move to the second point, and then there was like a meter of oil, and the attackers were trying to burn off the defenders' oil, so they had no resources. Mm-hmm. So once they controlled the consoles, it was burning off the oil like at a refinery, and basically. If you had oil at the end of the match, you won. If you didn't, the attackers won. So, like, it was basically controlling a point so they could burn off the oil. So, like, a lot of them had these different kind of game modes and things you had to capture and whatnot. Um, You could capture things back, too, but a lot of times it was more like a push and a pull between the sides of, like, where the front... Because you would actually... Your respawns would change once you captured a point. So then respawns would happen at the forward line. And stuff too. It was actually really cool. And and like if you were losing that ground, this this the because instead of getting spawn killed, I think there was a there was an option to change where the spawn location was that only the commanders and stuff could do. Mm-hmm. So like you would have to have the squad leaders like petition to the commanders like, hey, our squad's getting killed here. Set our spawn point back here. Like there was actually like actions and stuff that these people had to do 
on top of just being in a squad themselves and also playing the game. It was actually, I don't know, I had a lot of fun with it, but like I said, the, the game essentially died after a year and a half because of the balance issues. Um, mm-hmm. But technologically, this game was insane because I don't remember getting a lot of lag and it matched with what? 255 other players? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty impressive because I, I just am thinking of like Alterac Valley in WoW and like certain points oh, of it just yeah. being like your character is doing the running man. <laughs> yeah. Just psh, 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 psh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember Alterac Valley too. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, Mag, massive action action game. It is no, I don't even know who made it. I actually, I do. I think I do. It was the SoCom people. They're out of business now. The people did SoCom. If you're familiar with those realistic squad shooter games that they used to do. Um, so Ace, what is uh, what is your competitive game? I'm gonna shoehorn one back in. And then uh, mm-hmm. give an honorable mention. Um, I'm going to put Rocket League back in just because obviously it's a very competitive game. And they yeah. have actual tournament modes where you start with like a 16 team bracket and then work your way to the championship. Oh, he's yeah. Good. He's good. No good scratches. <laughs> um, and then I will give an honorable mention to a game that I was always interested in playing but missed out on because of uh, them taking the servers down eventually. Uh, Evolve, where you have a team of four humans versus one player who plays as a monster. I played this game, dude. It was busted as hell. No. That's the I problem. I like where... The concept is amazing. Don't get me wrong. The concept is amazing. I played this game, but it was it was bad. Evolve was one of the, the poster childs for having way too much DLC and advertising all of the wrong things all the time. Like mm-hmm. you we were talking about the NFT stuff earlier. Like this 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 game went down the dark hole of DLC and cosmetics and everything. Like, oh, like it was like one of the ones Huh? I was like I said, I was interested in playing it, but I never got to because all the servers and stuff shut down. Well, it was so. What I want to say is the concept of these games were really cool. Um, what did they call those? Ah, oh, there was a whole imbalanced multiplayer, essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the idea. If you played a lot of Halo, Juggernaut, right? By you had daylight. one person. Yeah. Um, asymmetric multiplayer. There you go. Asymmetric multiplayer is the term for it. Where you have a powerful opponent versus multiple weaker opponents. Mm-hmm. And the idea was it's supposed to balance out one versus the many, but the one is super powerful. Um, Evolve was a really cool idea. You started as a weak monster. Beginning of the game, you're running from the people. Uh, you get, you eat, you eat, you eat, you try to get stronger, stronger. You might skirmish with the people here and there, but you really can't go toe to toe with them. Then you become the big monster and then you start killing stuff. However, it was extremely and horrifically unbalanced in the people's favor. 
Because they would just hunt you down and kill you. Done. Then, once you were the biggest monster, if you got to that point, which was the only one time that you could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with those people, if the people were still good enough, they still killed you. Like, it wasn't a guaranteed thing. Um... And he, like, don't get me wrong. As 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 uh, Morgan Chad is saying, it is a very tough monster when it's at the full level. But like, woof. <laughs> I also, all it has the problem that uh, Left 4 Dead had. They only ever want to be the monsters. Like, how many times you'd be waiting in a match and people don't want to be the humans in Left 4 Dead? At least that was the problem with Left 4 Dead One that I remember. Um, you know, no one wanted to be this the survivors. It seemed like. But um, I feel but like they resolved that in Dead by Daylight because essentially mm -hmm. you have character leveling options for the survivors mm -hmm. and you just get very good with with the villains. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dead by Daylight has seemed to have been a successful version of what Evolve was. Evolve was really cool. Evolve was at Turtle Rock Studios, which I think was downed and then rebought by THQ. I think that license is still live, Ace. So there is still hope. You could play this game at some point. Maybe. Maybe. If they... Because I know there was a whole, like, community of it, too. But that, mm -hmm. that went by the wayside, obviously. Yeah, no, it was. It, I I agree with you. I was super interested in this game as well, but then I actually played it, and it was just butts. Like it was just. Everyone always wanted to be the monster, and the monster always lost. Like it was just like, why are we even here? So it died quick. It, at least that's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. um, there might be some people who played Evolve closer to launch than than me, because I got it for five dollars at GameStop. It was down to five dollars. When the ser and the servers were still open. And me and my friend Brian tried it together. And we were both like, nah, man. We tried playing twice. And we were like, no, this isn't working. This isn't fun. Mm -hmm. I played the monster maybe four times. I played the survivor, you know, you know, 12 to 13 times. Like, it's just like, again, everyone just wants to be the monster. You'll get a lot. You'll be in a lot of waiting queues because no one wants to be a survivor again, or there's a group of four survivors and you're the monster and you get paired with them and you're like, Oh crap. They're all talking to each other on chat and they know everything all the time yeah. and I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I know I get where you're coming through from though. It is a very competitive game. Um, just didn't work out well. <laughs> all right. So, so evolve honorable slash dishonorable mention. Okay, uh, so that was it, I think. Sasha, you you started off with your competitive. So we have well, Sasha. You 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 brought it up yourself. You can uh, throw in Dead by Daylight. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not super into Dead by Daylight, but I do like watching. My husband plays it with my brother a lot, and I pretty much just enjoy yell enjoy, at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, did, I get I it. I did forget to mention though, uh, Rocket League is cross-platform. So if it you is. wanna 
if you want to squad up, we could have a Hunter's Hub crew roll in and uh, sweep the championship. No. No. <laughs> the, the, the thing people... I've played Rocket League for a long time off and on. I cannot come close to the thing that people do. They're literally just flying their cars. They're just flying. And I'm like, I don't know. I was fun just doing Pele's. Like, I am... Backflips were good for me. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't. I don't get how people are like flying and controlling the ball, like they're just. I don't know. It looks like cheat codes. Hours, Obviously, hours it's not. of practice. I know, but that's insane. It's just insane. I I, uh, <laughs> I played that game a long time. I didn't even come close to that. I don't know. I liked it better when it was touch and go soccer. Just bop it, try to control it, try to dribble it, and then shoot, and then that kind of thing. Just driving it into the goal like like nothing. I don't know. I, I, it's obviously very skillful, but I just can't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they also have a mode that makes it very, very somewhat basic like that, where your uh, car pops spikes out of it, so it just sticks the ball on. And then you can just drive into the into the goal if you're skillful enough at dodging people. Which I would be. I mean that that would be where I was good at it, but um whew. Rocket League's fun though. It, it it's a lot of fun. Uh but it takes some winding up for me. I'd have to I have to get like a couple days of warm up and then I'm back into it. But like <laughs> that game is tough. Uh, you would not think that soccer cars is as complicated as it is but it is quite complicated and nuanced just gotta get get used to the aerodynamic dynamics and stuff like that of flying cars the aerodynamics of of flying cars so like uh yep harry, flying, harry potter cars. And, and well what what experience do we have with that harry potter chitty chitty bang bang and flubber <laughs> sienna grease too Oh yeah, yeah. To be fair, I have never watched Grease all the way through. I would have—I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I'm not into musicals, just not. Except for two, I really like two. That's it. Have you guys Unless watched you in, Disney? Have you guys watched hmm? Encanto yet? No. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, I- I'm actually quite thankful for the the HBO Max break that I've been getting from Encanto because Encanto was was the favorite for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, chat. Flubber's not a musical. Flubber has a flying car. That was the <laughs> that was the distinction. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we don't talk about Bruno finally uh, dethroned, let it go. So there you go. Really. Yeah. Surface Did pressure it? might do it too. Surface pressure is in like I think the top ten as well. Mm-hmm. It's the I mean, better the song. Album, really? The album keeps. Like, I didn't dropping out and then going back into like the top ten. Really? I don't get that. Like I, I mean, I watched the movie, but like I, I did not, I did not get that feeling that oh, this is going to be big like I did with Let It Go. Because, like, Let It Go was, like, a, 
a show tune. Like, what's your secret of- that you don't have? We don't talk about Bruno stuck in your head. I want to know the secret. I don't. I just don't. It just didn't st- stick with me at all. I barely remember the song. I watched the movie. I, I don't. I I know all the words. <laughs> That's how much. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know all the words to let it go, but I, 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 oh. I've heard it a lot. The girls love singing "Let It Go." They're, they're, they're the both of them just love it. Um, mm-hmm. They don't sing. You know, we don't talk about Bruno or the other one you said. Like it just isn't. I don't know. I'm just like personally, I just didn't see the 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 whole movie. I was just like, eh, whatever. It's okay. Like I expected more out of it. I think than what was there. And it just didn't connect with me. And I like Encanto. I, I can't stand Frozen. So I'm I'm all for this. Frozen's choice of my okay. Child. I'm not I would, I'm not I would also say for it that there is probably a familial reason why it didn't reach out to you that much. Uh the movie has touched a lot of people who have uh generational and household trauma to deal with yeah i'm not like an older sibling who's had to deal with a lot of pressure or anything like that (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh you know i don't know i don't yeah i I mean like my 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 family life has not been terrible obviously but like i i don't i don't know like i i didn't really connect with frozen either, but it got really popular. Like, I, like I didn't connect with any of these things, right? Like <laughs> now there is a song, but it comes from frozen Two that I really like. And that's lost in the woods. Like I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe that comes from my own experiences and stuff that I was dealing with. Did you, you know. get lost in the woods? Either. I told you about that. Literally the- or metaphorically both it's it is i told you about the coyote thing right or does only pan know about that i think only pan knows i don't remember a coyote story with you morg would do this too and he's in uh he's in chat so when i was eight so i live out here in the country obviously um we lived at a different house when i was younger um, which, which has 42 acres, which I would say about 39 of that is forest. Um, and I like to go walking in the woods. I went out too late one night. It was basically dusk and I went out and I was like, I'm going to get home before it gets dark. Well, the forest is darker than it is in the field. So it was really dark in the woods. Um, I'm about halfway through my trip through this woods and there's a pair of yellow eyes in front of me. I'm like, cool. I live in the, I've lived in the country my whole life. I'm not super concerned. Right. I hear something step behind me, turn around. There is a second pair of yellow eyes. Turn. There is a third. It goes up to about, five or six pairs. Mm-hmm. And it, what, what it was, was a pack of coyotes. And I'm an eight year old boy. 
right? Like, I'm just like, what do I do? Like, so I what curl you do up. is you become Liam Neeson in the gray, and you you collect your you little know, tiny bottles of alcohol. <laughs> yeah, and then you got your one knife and you duct tape it to your hand. Uh, he still dies in that scene. He takes uh, down some wolves, but he still dies. No, have you seen the credits? I say it's open for interpretation. I mean, yeah, it is. It is. It is. Yes, and I have seen the credits. It is. It is open, but he doesn't make it out of there unscathed. No, I did what any other eight-year-old boy did would have done, and I just curled up in a ball, and they just moved on. But I was scared out of my mind. Like I was. Then I ran home through the woods uh, after that. Um, So Lost in the Woods uh, is not quite the same. Lost in the Woods is more about a metaphorical doesn't know if he should go down a path that he's not sure of, essentially. Uh, That is more (laughs) what I connect with. Um, But yeah, it was... So I have been lost. Well, I wasn't really lost, though. I was just surrounded by coyotes. <laughs> you were almost lost in the woods. To the woods. To the woods. I was almost, almost lost to the woods. You almost became part of the woods. I have also been attacked by a deer in the woods. Those same woods. Jeez. Oh, um, it was a buck during mating season. So they get extra aggressive. I was down there with a friend, a couple friends, and we were throwing rocks. And apparently, this buck strolled on by and was like, fuck you, and charged me. <laughs> and uh, I ran up a tree, and it was trying to get me uh, in the tree. And my friend scared it off by clanging some metal. Then it realized, oh shit, I'm a deer. I don't like noises, and ran off. <laughs> so that was that was another scary one <laughs> in those same woods <laughs> mm-hmm. oh man i still i still did it all the time though i still walked through there all the time um but yeah otherwise, no, i just i don't get I was gonna say you could have you could have been your own uh disney disney movie with that uh first story they could have uh taken you and raised you raised in the woods me like mowgli yeah Mo- <laughs> mowgli of the ohio forest yeah yeah, I, I'm I'm sure that would go over well. Actually, um, another thing is the people around here obviously don't know a lot about the different animals. There's actually like a local urban legend about killer birds. So we're talking like uh, terror birds. Like I've always liked the prehistoric terror birds. Mm-hmm. They're talking about that. Literally what happened, uh, there was news articles and stuff about it too around here. Um, like killer terror birds in the woods like six foot tall birds eating men and whatnot and um literally there was a guy who had emus on a ranch and the emus got out and people just went wild with it people saw some emus and had no idea what to think what the, what <laughs> the fuck is that <laughs> yep and I know oh, and then, uh, my, my uncle knows the guy because he got a couple of the emus off of him. And then I heard about this story from like, this is in the 80s. This happened, right? This, this news articles and stuff. 
because one of our chemistry professors at the school was making fun of people for having getting scared in the 80s for it and he showed us the news articles and stuff i was like oh yeah no i know the guy who has the emus because it was my uncle who got my uncle got the emus from that guy and as a friend of his <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah i have a i have a video that i'm going to share because okay this this emu discussion has reminded me of it we got in some weird places today and kanto led to emus mhm which isn't that bad cuz they are a south american bird right I think so i don't know hey it's not my fault you almost had a a disney disney movie upbringing I have both of my parents, thank you. <laughs> you could have you could have you could have uh been Cham the nature boy running running with coyotes. Maybe. And my uh, Native American name would have, instead of been Lizard Bones, it would have been Runs with Coyote. <laughs> so um I think that's all we have for tonight. Um Unless we want to talk more about Encanto and why I'm immune to its magical powers. <laughs> um, so thank you guys for listening. Um, and next week is our 200th episode. Um, and also our third quiz show. So we are, we are going to, I don't have the, the I know that I did year 2090. So 1990. I don't remember the other ones off the top of my head. Maybe 2015 was another one. Um, but yeah, be be prepared. Hopefully you guys wrote that down. Did you write it down, Ace? I know Sasha did. I wrote it down. She's yeah. probably looking. Um, she's probably looking we, at it right now. I am. Do we also want to bring up the giveaway? If you like, yes, yeah. So Ace Ace is facil- facilitating this. Um, his idea. I didn't think of it. So, Go ahead. in honor of the 200th episode, where I am committing to give away one copy of Sunbreak to a mm-hmm. lucky viewer listener. Okay. We've done this before because we gave away, what, two copies of Rise and a controller at some point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two copies I had of an Rise extra and copy. a controller that then got back to me. And then I sold uh, it to, to Pan. I didn't know that got back to you. What happened? Uh, Just Denmark or wherever it was. Just they couldn't figure out the address based off of how I had put it down. Like the guy at the post office said it should be fine, but guess it wasn't. But I worked it out with uh, the person that won. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I think I remember that now. It was a while ago, though. Mm -hmm. Like last August, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. There about. Alrighty. Well, we'll be doing a giveaway for Sunbreak and then also the uh the third game show. And hopefully Preacher of Valor will be back and I will have to inform him on the years. I will do that tonight because I keep forgetting because I was so busy this week. Um but yeah, that's it for us tonight, folks. Uh we will see you next week and Happy hunting or playing or whatever you're doing.
So, see ya. Bye-bye.